Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Am I Embarrassing You podcast. I'm Zoe Wexler, here with my mom, Dr. Amy, and today we're discussing body image and how moms and daughters can be healthy about it versus problematic. We've had a bunch of listeners over the past six or seven weeks ask us to cover this topic. People of Regardless of gender, many people have asked us to do this, and I think that speaks to how body image is really a part of every single person's life. This is a really broad topic, so we're going to just touch on the issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, We imagine revisiting this in the future, and we're certainly not going to cover every single issue. This is not comprehensive. No, by no means, but it's it's good to dip our toe in and give the people what they want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Okay. So when I think about body image and self-esteem, I think about that they start to develop pretty early in childhood. And then there's like this flurry of activity during mm. pre-puberty and puberty and adolescence. And there's so many factors that come into play. And I know we're going to talk later about media and how that affects us. Magazines, social media, all that stuff. But the way that the moms feel about their own bodies mm-hmm. And the teaching and modeling about what's healthy, about the inevitable body changes during puberty, about the ways moms interact with their daughters about food, clothing, body shapes, etc., have such a powerful effect on girls. They have an effect on boys, too, but we're both girls, so that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, we can only talk to our own experience, but of course, I think it really applies to any gender. Yeah. Right, so you're talking about puberty, and I went through puberty. We discussed this kind of a bit in our psychology episode and also with Jill that I got my period when I was nine. And if you don't know this, when you get your period, period is technically when you're supposed to stop growing. No. Oh. You have two years to grow oh. after you get your period. Lying on the podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so That's I was okay. nine, so I stopped growing when I was 11. Yes. Technically, I've been this height. I'm five, six and a half. It's not a, st- a hard and fast rule, but it's yeah. approximately girls get two years after their period. Yeah, so I've been this height definitely since before my bat mitzvah. And I don't have, like, big boobs, but I definitely wasn't flat-chested as long as my friends were. My best friend got her period when she was 16. I hope she doesn't mind me saying that on the podcast. And so it was hard as an 11-year-old, you know, a 6th, 7th, 8th grader, when everything is so tense and there's so many hormones and you hate yourself completely because you don't know. You You have a pimple, you have boobs, you have to put on deodorant, you have body hair. Like, there's just so much going on. And on top of that, which... I mean, I guess I can talk about it now. We, I had social media, which was really difficult because I had a phone. And, I, and the, the apps specifically that, you know, showed you, you know, perfect images were mostly Tumblr, which I think has changed a little bit. I don't use it anymore. And Instagram, which is... Does Tumblr still exist? It still exists. Uh, I haven't had a Tumblr since probably like 10th grade. Can you explain what that is again? Yeah, it's kind of like your own blog. It's kind of like Pinterest. I thought it was like a private diary. So I guess it can be anything. I think maybe now it's more like Pinterest. Then it was kind of a private diary. And the biggest, like, people really talked about their mental health on it and their depression and their experiences and all kinds of stuff on there. Anonymously or was there name Whatever you want. It could be either one. Oh. So. And was it private or was public? Whatever you want. Oh. It's up to you. So you can have a password. You cannot. It's so funny thinking about Tumblr, like the dig, like the angst, like my angsty Tumblr with like black and white photos, whatever. But there was really a trend of Thinspo, which is a short for Thinspiration which would just show you perfect photos of, you know, people you didn't know who were, like, spe- supposed to be, like, this was supposed to be what you're going towards. Like, you have to get to this. Did you know that they were photoshopped? No, and they might have not been. I'm not saying that they were. I'm just saying that that's given to you with no context. And also, as an impressionable, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th grader, my body was changing all the time. And also, the, like, my brain was going, you know, firing on all fronts because of puberty and hormones. And so I felt just so bad about myself comparing myself to these photos that I saw on Tumblr and that I was inundated with all the time because I had a phone. I think, so that, when I was your age, or maybe a little bit later because I didn't read fashion magazines in middle school, but just in high school, that was like Vogue and Elle and all the different Mm -hmm. magazines because we didn't know until later that photos could be touched up or now called photoshopped. And they were publishing what was the ideal body. Mm -hmm. And they're supposed they were made to look like women but a lot of those models were actually teenagers or prepubescent teens right and it was so confusing and anytime i read one of those fashion magazines i just felt bad about myself right. so i stopped reading them yeah well that's kind of how i think like, this is kind of off topic but the victoria's secret fashion show has devolved over the years because it's just such bullshit and now rihanna has her fenty shows and she has people of all body types of all heights and sizes and everything just celebrating themselves and being sexy and beautiful on her runway and it's 
when it's done just financially and viewership wise so much better than than the Victoria's Secret fashion show because people actually feel represented and feel like it's a party of celebrating lingerie no matter what you look like as opposed to Victoria's Secret fashion show where like I remember watching it on my computer um like in middle school being like and not even feeling bad about myself just thinking like this is another level of human being but it's not when you were feeling bad about yourself did you tell anyone like did you and your friends talk about how crappy you felt together no so you just were alone (laughs) with all that stuff yes do you think that any kid was talking to anyone else about it then well i don't know but maybe not maybe not but maybe they were and you really weren't talking to me about it no yeah it's it's a it's a tough moment more than a moment it's a tough few years Mm -hmm. and um i think it's so key for moms not to be judgmental about their daughter's bodies and there's so many levels to earn layers to this because i also have seen moms be competitive with their daughters about their bodies well there are moms who come to momhood with their own issues about body image and eating disorders anorexia bulimia being too thin having yo-yoing on weight like all sorts of stuff that they had from their moms or just from their themselves and so i've i've seen i've seen it all and i've heard it all i feel like i've seen moms who compete with their daughters by dressing in shorter skirts and exercising obsessively to lose weight and you know taking their kids adderall so that it decreases their appetite so that they lose weight like there's all sorts of eating disorder stuff and that's really hard on a teenage girl as she's developing her own Mm self-esteem to see and witness her mom's issues so that's that's a whole nother thing like there's a level of it that's mental illness and Mm -hmm. then it's more common to just have little issues like this Mm -hmm. um but it's like it's so important for a mom i think not to comment not to be judgmental if if your daughter asks your opinion about a dress of course you give your opinion Mm -hmm. but not in a nasty way i've seen some shit i can't talk about it you can't (laughs) with names but i've seen some shit and i've heard some stuff about people saying oh you know so-and-so's mom like i was over at her house last night and so and so's mom said something so mean about her body can you give an example now not with names of course just like specifics well no just my friends who have moms that are aware of this stuff witnessing other moms who are otherwise quote-unquote good or nice putting their daughter down and might not even realizing they're doing it um like saying that their daughter's fat or overweight or or like oh i don't think that looks good on you or whatever whatever it's like why do you care like you never said to me like, even if you thought I was wearing something that was ugly, which it probably was, and when I was like having experimental fashion moments, you never told me. No, I didn't care. Right? I, I just, Why would you care? I wouldn't let you leave the house with like your breasts exposed. Or okay, something I'm not going like to taking off my shirt. No, but you know, I let you do whatever you wanted with your hair. Yeah, questionable decisions were made. With yeah, but because it's temporary with yeah. your with your clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as there wasn't anything grossly inappropriate. Right. As long as I didn't get a tattoo, I don't think you really cared. <laughs> no, no I, I kind of did it. Yeah. Um, Which is good. And I think it's also that time in your life, you can't see past the next minute. And I think when you get to high school, which is when things, I believe, start to calm down, especially, well, hormonally, you kind of level out. But also, you just, there's more to life than just what's going on in this exact moment. Because when you get to high school, then college is coming and then the whole world opens up for you. And even if you don't go to college, there's the after high school the world is at your fingertips well you're maturing also and so you can see outside of yourself for more than a second and things start to feel just generally calmer i think yeah i remember just thinking about food for a second when we just had tacos we did we had fish tacos (laughs) when you guys were little and my parents did this too i never wanted there to be like special junk food or special food Mm -hmm. that was gonna you guys were gonna get so excited about that you would overdo it i just wanted there to be food Mm -hmm. and also we didn't have like a kid's food versus a grown-up food it's not like you guys had chicken nuggets and hot dogs and i had artichokes like we all had everything yeah um i remember being in a japanese restaurant with Jaden. he was five and he was eating homemade tofu and sushi and people were looking at him like who is this little white kid like eating this stuff and you tried lots of stuff, too, but you had food allergies, so that was a whole added layer yeah. of anxiety and stress around food, being allergic to eggs. You outgrew your milk allergy at, like, 13 and a half months. And a half months. I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. The, the milk didn't last that long, but the eggs lasted... Until I was 12. Until you were 12. That was huge. And so then there was anxiety around eating and food, and so 
I always wanted to have plenty of stuff at home. We had so many fruits and vegetables and proteins and stuff, but also Oreos and Malamars and so many different candies, everything that was egg-free that you could have. So yeah. you saw there were choices and you guys never overdid it. Um, and then I remember sometimes you would have friends come over for a play date and they would gorge themselves. Like, I remember one of your friends saw Pop-Tarts. She's mm-hmm. like, I've only ever heard of these. Like, oh, she'd God. never seen them before. And she wanted to eat, like, four of them. You know? Right. And kids who were only allowed to have Pirate's Booty as their special treat, which was this, like, Ew. healthy kind of Cheeto that <laughs> I, I thought like was kind of gross. Oh, but I also don't like Cheetos. I think the puff doesn't do it for me. No, and it's too yucky with the color <laughs> on your fingertips. Yeah. But um, you guys had ice cream and cookies and candy. And I thought that it was just good to have that stuff around and you get kind of desensitized to it and mm-hmm. neither you nor Jaden has ever like overdone it on that stuff no I think we talked about that a little bit before I don't know which episode but why we love cereal so much and why oh my god like you're a doctor and you have sugar cereal in your house for your kids and it's like yeah it's not special things would we have so much stuff that expires that we don't even finish or barely open because it's not so special that we have to eat it all right away well, like you're never gonna have it again or it's right. just a special treat or whatever right just having that stuff be normal makes it so much better yeah and i was always like super conscious about not using food to soothe you like if you got a boo-boo you get a hug a you, you got a band-aid you get an ice pack but you didn't get a cookie but Which, but why would that be bad like i don't understand i think then there's going to be lots of boo-boos in life and if with every boo-boo oh, so you use a bunch of cookies i just didn't think that was a good oh, idea she's so smart you guys well thank you but i did that and i think my parents did that oh. and so i i Sometimes in life, especially when I feel crappy, would use food to mm-hmm. soothe myself. And I remember one time, Nanya was over, my mom. She's awesome. Hi, mom. Hi, Nans. And I think you took a bite of a cookie mm-hmm. and you didn't finish it. And then you said, Zoe, do you want the rest of your cookie? And you said, no, thanks, Nanya. I'm not hungry anymore or I'm full or whatever. And Nanya said, you don't have to be hungry to eat a cookie. Mm-hmm. And I shot her the dirtiest look. And you looked at her like that was the weirdest thing she ever said. And you said... Well, sure. Why? Why would I eat if I wasn't hungry? And mm. I was like, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, so then, let him know. later, five. I took my mom into a separate room, just privately, and I said, "Mom, please don't say that again to the kids because that's my issue mm-hmm. and your issue. Eating when we're not hungry. Of course, we shouldn't eat when we're not hungry. Uh, so, and she never did. She was great about it. It's not mean or harsh or anything, right. but it, that's the way she was raised too. You know, and so. I was always taught by my psychiatrist mentors and professors, like, you just want to do a little better than your parents did. So <laughs> you'll you'll yeah. do better than I did about certain things. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to do better than my parents a little bit. Not that they did bad. It's just right. you learn each yeah. generation has more knowledge and understands, like, the psychological ramifications. And is more open with each other. Exactly. Yeah. Well, going back to just to food allergies, because that was a big thing. Yeah, I was allergic to eggs until I was 12 and a half. And then so I had... We ate, so at school, we ate lunch in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was allergic to eggs, and I, could, I couldn't have mayonnaise. And cream cheese looks a lot like mayonnaise, so still, like, those two things just gross me out, even mm-hmm. though I'm not allergic. But so the mayonnaise, so everything was in its own little container, not covered, but just out, like at the sandwich bar. Yes. And, and I never really wanted hot food for lunch. I don't know why I could have it. I just didn't really want, like, a, it, to me, that was dinner. You mm-hmm. know, like, I kind of would rather have a sandwich or something or salad. I also can't, I couldn't have Caesar dressing because that has mayonnaise or it has egg white. I don't know. One of those things. Yeah, I think it was mayo. I don't remember. And so there's that kind of thing, like, of things perhaps being contaminated. And our, my school was really good and knowledgeable about allergies, especially eggs and nuts. But I was still really scared. So I don't remember what I would eat for lunch. Like, I guess bagel with jam. I guess I love jam or, like, nut butter. But that was the thing. Like, the, the turkey was next to the mayo. So I actually had right. to go in and speak to the guy who was in charge of the food and say, could you please move the mayo away from the turkey because yeah. kids are messy and they yes. take some mayo and a little and some would get yes. in the turkey it did yes and it's and i was also because i was allergic to eggs at that point my whole life i was so acutely aware of con- food contaminating that the th- even if they were next to each other the thought that like the particles could jump over to the turkey scared me so much i just wouldn't eat it and so then i grabbed my egg allergy which was great it didn't mean i wanted to eat mayonnaise it still is to me is the most disgusting looking food ever oh. i'm sure it tastes good i've never had it and i believe i never will but then I got to back to school. I finished my egg trial at Mount Sinai in June. And then I got back to school in September. What was that? Seventh grade. And all of a sudden I could eat anything. But I still, like, I'm really not good at change. And so my anxiety was still bad. 
about it. And I knew I was safe, but I would sometimes I would get a psychosomatic feeling in my throat of a little itching and I have to remind myself, no, you're okay. You're not having an allergic reaction. You never had one at school. And then I just kind of stuck to my habits because I am very much a creature of habit and I just ended up really never having lunch at school. I didn't know that you didn't eat lunch at school. Yeah, because I knew you'd like be annoyed at me <laughs> or be like, that's bad. Oh. Because I was fine and I always had a snack when I got home and I just didn't want to. But even in high school, I just didn't really... I never, ever really wanted hot food, even though our school had really fabulous food. Hmm. Um, I just never really wanted lunch. And then I would just have a snack when I got home. Even, like, I knew, like, I probably should. I just, I don't know. It just became a thing. Like, I worked did homework instead of lunch in high school. Or I mm. met I with the teacher. I think a lot of kids did that. You didn't have a lot of time. There was yeah, a big rush. I'd rather, like, meet with the teacher or go out with a friend, like, to but get something. But did that have to, anything to do with, like, how you felt about your body or restricting what you were eating? I mean, Probably. But then it just became a habit. And I was like, well, if I was hungry, I like, would probably get a snack. But maybe not. Like, I don't. Like, there's also, like, the thing where your brain protects you from trauma. So I don't really remember Got it. that well. But but you were also sure. dancing a lot. And you were dancing during school. So that was a lot of exercise. Yeah. I mean, I, it wasn't as much exercise as dance as in college, I have to say. Like, like, dance rehearsal for our show after school was definitely rigorous. But during the day, dance at school, not really. No. I don't know. Randy's going to hear this and be like, you're I, lying. I think you did a lot of dance. But I remember when you first, before you really got into becoming a dancer, when you were little and first took ballet, that I well, took you to. I was so to. cute. I was on the cover of the brochure. You were. You to find it and post it. You were it. adorable. <laughs> I, so you were in like your little class where the parents for the first time were relegated to outside the window, but we had to stay there. That's so cute. Did you I watch think, me? I you were five. Yes. Four or five. And, we, and I watched you and we'd wave and stuff at the windows. And then there were older kids who were very serious dancers. And there was a group of them. There were 10 kids, I think two boys and eight girls. And they were about to go into a very intense, like hour and 45 minute dance class. And they all looked like super fit, very thin. There was a vending machine. The vending machine. I always got fruit snacks. (laughs) Well, just fruit snacks are best oh my god so the vending machine had like quote unquote healthy snacks in it and one of the snacks was i think a, a pack of snack thins and i watched these kids buy one packet of snack thins one of them turned it over read the number of calories in the whole bag divided by the number of kids there were and realized that like they would each be ingesting between seven and nine calories and the group decided that was okay and i was horrified it, it fit all of my ballet dancer stereotypes because yeah. I wasn't a dancer growing up. I was I was a jock and we just I feel like we ate what we wanted and then, you know, practiced for two or three hours. But I always worried about dancers and anorexia. Like and I'd seen that as a psychiatrist. And you were a little kid. I, who knew that you were even gonna dance? You then didn't dance for a couple of years. You tried out gymnastics and swimming and all sorts of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you came back to dance as a slightly older kid, I was so worried about that. And some of my fears were founded. I mean, there was a time where I felt like you maybe were restricting what you were eating and getting too skinny and people were worried about you. And so we kind of kept an eye on you. And then I remember thinking, at least she has a sweet tooth and I'd be baking and Mm -hmm. that would be good. But it was, that's a tough thing. And I remember also I had two friends in high school who left my public high school to go to I think, does Juilliard have dance? Yes. So they, so they went to Juilliard for dance. And the next year we saw them, they got super skinny and they were smoking. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's, every ballet dancer also smokes to like curb their appetite. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to pick up cigarettes. <laughs> well, no, smoke. I have smoked before and I don't recommend it. Not in many years. Oh, you have? Yes. Oh you my God. That. I don't think I knew you smoked a cigarette. Well, <laughs> Jeez. All right. I've never smoked a cigarette. Just saying. Okay. Wow. You're so amazing. No, I just hate them. <laughs> I hate them. And don't do it. But, you know, if you do it once, you'll be okay. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Talk about any, like, ballet dance body stories? Yeah. I mean, I guess it was good in high school. Um, I danced at a studio and then, which I started at in middle school and also at school, we had an amazing dance program. And I think it was just like, it was such a small studio with like, it wasn't well known at all, like really small. Yeah. So, amount of people and whatever and so I think there really wasn't that like we would always get snacks and like eat together in the dressing rooms and whatever and we would like all share and I think because we had we it was a really small group of people there weren't a lot of new girls who were our age new kids already coming in when they were much younger 
because the studio was getting a little bit more popular but no new kids were coming in you know ages 12 13 14 so we had all known each other for five years already and so we there was we were just kind of a family it wasn't competitive in any way and it wasn't a family of restricting your eating oh no it was a family of like who's gonna bring what snack to share with who which was nice and i guess lucky i didn't realize and then in high school there just isn't even really time for that i feel like and you are dancing a lot and exercising and it feels great and well you stopped doing ballet in high school and i feel like that was probably healthier from a body perspective because you were doing contemporary and jazz and every there and there were guys and there were girls and there was lots of different body types seem like I guess well there were lots of different body types I think which is true because I was in a smaller less well-known studio they didn't care about whose body was who they just wanted more people to come which is good and then high school in high school you can't really be that exclusive right but do you remember when you were in middle school being too thin or trying to be thinner yeah did you think anyone was worried I don't know is it, was it something that concerned you or that you were worried about or do you yeah. ever feel like you were going down a bad path with that no i probably thought that i was doing something good because of what i was seeing on social media which was what like trying to be thin but were you emulating like other dancers that you were oh following, no or? it had nothing to do with dance it had nothing to do with dance no okay so maybe that's more of a ballet stereotype i don't know i guess i mean i think it also depends what studio you're at who you're like you know if it's are you trying to join abt or are you at a small studio you know for me like on 75th street where no one knows you and it's just a group of friends did you have any ballet teachers who talked to girls about their bodies who told anyone they were too heavy or oh no i had weight? one teacher who was super super nice miss rio shout out um and she said she like talked to us about nutrition about eating at, like on the food pyramid about being like healthy about nutrition so i think she was trying to do the opposite because these were women who had grown up being professional ballerinas and probably had experienced all the bad shit and they were like and they were also really nice people who so you didn't love their pressure. students no it was the opposite they were That's like really we all good. have to be like really it's important to be healthy but you know important to eat everything on the food pyramid and you know divide your plate that was a big thing like with the mm. pie chart mm-hmm. on your plate all right well that's good mm-hmm. yeah i'm just lucky that i wasn't that good i mean like i wasn't good enough to like go to abt where they like cared that much where <laughs> they would have told you to stop eating yeah yeah well, who knows? But maybe. Yeah. Do you remember around what grade you were in when you realized that the social media stuff was contrived and that photos that were meant to be, quote, candids were actually photoshopped and changed? Well, weirdly enough, this I don't think this is the answer, but just want to say it. In fifth grade, we had a class about media and about subliminal messaging in our classroom and so that was more about advertisements but i think i definitely knew that things were not what they seemed because of that class it was so cool in fifth grade to have that i loved that class so yeah i think i i probably learned realized that i learned about that probably in high school i guess or at the end of high school i mean at the end of middle school but also it's like you stop pardon me it's like things like you stop caring so much about what you look like well there's what other things you look like when you realize that when you're really more busy in high school, you have so much more homework, so much more stuff going on. Like you're genuinely, are, your brain is occupied, which is with more stuff than like what you look like and what like your friends think of you. Like in middle school, it's like every, everything you care about is what people think. In high school, it's kind of like, well, I guess maybe when you're an upperclassman, you're kind of like, fuck it. I don't care what you think of me. And then it gets a lot better when you realize that no one is actually paying attention to you. Like, like that's like to the way you look, like people don't really care. Yeah. So I don't know how that happens, but it does and it's great. <laughs> so that's development. Yeah. I mean, and if you go through puberty earlier, yeah. then you get there earlier. And yeah. some kids don't go through puberty until high school. Don't care as much attitude starting in like ninth and tenth grade about what people thought. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think you were in seventh grade. It was either seventh or eighth, maybe seventh. One night you were crying and I asked you what was wrong. And you were so upset, and you told me about this thing called the thigh gap, and you, you didn't have it. You were pretending like you don't know what that is. <laughs> no, I had never heard those that term before. Really? I swear, I'd never heard the term thigh gap. I, it was was not used when I was growing up. Okay, well, I believe that. I mean, talking about being skinny, for sure, but mm-hmm. like thigh And you, you said you heard that everyone was supposed to have one. You didn't have one, so there was something wrong with your legs. And and that's not what it is. It's that it's a, it's about it was about the top of your legs. Yeah, the top of your thighs that they're supposed to Maybe be. The thigh like gap a, is your whole thigh. Your whole thighs are not supposed. The thigh gap thing is like your whole thighs should not touch. I thought it was just the top no. of your thighs not supposed to touch. No, 
But naturally, anatomically, the top of your thighs are wider, and so they often touch, and then they do taper a little bit. Yes. In in most people. Yes. But it's the rare person, and it's usually someone who's underweight, underweight mm. unhealthfully underweight or anorexic, who has, like, no body fat, and their upper thighs don't touch, but that's so rare. But mm. I don't know, whatever you were seeing on the internet... And your friends, you were all like in a frenzy about how you everyone had to have it, and there was a problem. And you finally talked to me about it. Mm-hmm. Which, and when I brought this up to you earlier today, you didn't remember that. No, I didn't. I still don't. Yeah, I genuinely have no recollection of that. It. That's okay because you know you block stuff out. That's yeah. that's unpleasant. But in that moment, I remember thinking, "Oh my god, this like the internet and social media, which it's was kind bad. of just starting, is so powerful." Yeah. It's worse than having a fashion magazine that you can throw out because you don't have to look at that. Well, fashion you don't get magazine. a new fashion magazine every two seconds. Right, and it's not your face, and you could actually choose to put it away. Right. So I was. I remember being like, "Oh, but I don't shit. Really remember that because the, the thigh gap is like, it's your whole thighs, not the top of your thighs." But in that moment, that's what you were talking about. Oh, okay. I believe you don't remember it. I just remember being, like, impressed in a bad way with how intense like social media can be mm-hmm. and so i actually just showed you an like an anatomy book like a yeah. picture like that's of, like where your vagina is <laughs> right of of anatomy and the thighs and the upper thighs and how they start off wider and taper down yeah and it's supposed to be like that mm-hmm. and i i think because i showed you in a book you were like oh like you actually believe me i think if i just told you you mm-hmm. would have been thinking i was bullshitting you to make you feel better yeah but because I showed you in a book and showed you, like, this is wrong. Like, there's mm-hmm. a l- And then we had a conversation about misinformation on the internet. And science. Probably. And science, yeah. for sure. I always fall back on science to try to help. But, you gotta. Um, yeah, these days. I, <laughs> I know. God help us. Um, but I remember feeling so sad for you because misinformation was making you feel bad about your body. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough dealing with, like, real information, but mm-hmm. misinformation. I um and also realizing like that you really weren't talking to me about that stuff because mm-hmm. when you were in sixth and seventh grade that was your phase of mm-hmm. when you really didn't like me yeah and you didn't we you didn't think i was your ally and you didn't want to confide in me about stuff um and i would just sit there waiting for you to talk to me that's why you just found out right now that i smoked a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i know you smoked pot and drank and tried all that stuff i didn't know about the cigarette okay now you know i'm not judging you now it's fine if you are. are off air i might you know kill you no, just ki- i'm just kidding <laughs> okay. i'm just kidding most people have tried a cigarette the good thing to do is to not keep smoking right i mean i remember when i was 16 like i i had i was a big athlete growing up and just as a side effect of being a jock i was pretty fit i didn't even realize i was exercising so i was just having so much fun playing yeah. basketball and volleyball and she had a perm. Baseball. Okay, I had a big perm, but that was the 80s. A lot I know. of people had perms. I'm just saying, you okay. had a perm. I did. <laughs> I did. Um, but I remember my Sweet 16. So a, a bunch of kids had Sweet 16s where it was like a dressy party, but since I was kind of a tomboy, I had a Sweet 16. But I don't get it. You had a Sweet 16, but most Jewish people just have a bat mitzvah and then they don't have a Sweet 16. Yeah, where I grew up, a lot of kids had Sweet 16s and and bar and bat mitzvahs but they weren't like lavish sweet 16 so it was party? just like a big yeah it was a birthday party called a sweet 16 okay and you didn't necessarily have a big party when you were 15 or 17 so oh, okay. it was just like a bigger party oh, that's fun it was but so mine was at a gym oh my god i can't <laughs> it's it, horrible it was a gym we found in new jersey near where i grew up Why you just have it at their house i i don't remember okay. why <laughs> and so it was a gym that had tennis courts and a swimming pool and the plan was to play tennis okay and then go swimming which was cool because my birthday is at the end of Ugh, november cool parties nothing worse i no, but i had a i think it was sixth grade could have been younger i had an indoor pool party at a holiday <laughs> inn called called the holodome oh my there god there was a dome and there was an indoor heated pool it was really fun hey meet me at the holodome <laughs> it was awesome and listen if you're having a birthday at the end of november and you get to swim that was really cool okay I can't remember if I love that one better or my roller skating party. This is so not the topic. Okay, sorry. So I remember shopping for like a tennis outfit, mm-hmm. shorts, but with my mom. Not a skirt. No, I no, I don't believe in tennis, tennis skirts. Tennis skirts are so cute. I, Ten- I, don't, I don't wear tennis skirts. I wear tennis shorts. Anyway, so I hated the way I looked in the shorts. I was a little bit overweight for myself then, a little chubby, and I didn't look good in the shorts and I couldn't find a pair of shorts I liked and I just gave in and like 
bought one and it was my own party and I was so self-conscious. I felt so bad. And then we had to change it to bathing suits. I'm and telling you, the pool, pool parties are a terrible idea when you're young. And it was co-ed. And I remember having fun. I think the pool area was a little bit darker, but the um, tennis courts were super bright. And I mm-hmm. have a little photo album, which I think you found. It was that red photo album from my Sweet 16. And I look at those pictures and I cringe. In addition, I also had really bad acne. Like, bad cystic acne. I'm lucky it didn't leave marks or scars. So I just was feeling so crabby about myself. Mm. My skin was bad. I was a little bit overweight. I was probably, like, overeating crap because I felt bad about my skin, which made me just have crummy self-esteem. And it was a vicious cycle. Yeah. And I also, I had bad knees as a kid. Ended up having knee surgery a couple of times. And that probably was... Yes, that was right after volleyball season, right before basketball season, when my knees were like particularly bad, so I probably wasn't running around as much. But I just remember how bad I felt about myself. Mm-hmm. And then when we found the album, when we moved, it just brought back all of those oh, feelings. Really? And, you know, I'm 50, and that yes. was 16. And I look at those, and I'm like, oh, my God, how cute are you playing tennis? And I think, oh, my God, how ugly am I? I can't yeah. believe this is documented in yeah. photographs. Yeah. Well, that's how I sort of feel. So I have this Google Photos on my phone, which is how I back up all my photos because I keep them on my camera roll. But I just to make sure my phone doesn't, it might explode one day. So I keep, um, or if I drop it in water, keep my photos backed up. Okay. Why don't you just put it on your computer? I do, but computer, oh. like Google Photos, like even my computer also dies. Okay, got it. Okay. So my phone does this, and I have all my photos from like when I first got an iPhone in probably sixth grade or seventh grade. I think I got the first iPhone three, perhaps, with my first phone or I don't four. I remember. I think the four. You had a BlackBerry first. Oh, yeah, I did. I don't, I need, those photos are gone though. So, my phone is this thing called then and now, which I did not ask it to do, but it's kind of, so it'll, if I take a photo of myself or take a selfie or something and I back it up like everything else, it'll find a picture of me when I look like from like seven or eight years ago and say, do you like then and now? Like it'll pop up and it'll be like a photo of me when I was like, I don't know, like 13 or 14 and then a photo of me now. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> I look like a completely different person in a good way. My lips changed, like I got a little plumper in the front, my eyebrows change shape kind of like they got a little bit more full I think and my face your face changes so much and you and if I had just been able to see that then and been like you are gonna look so much better man just wait like I look so much better and I'm so happy that I didn't peak in like eighth grade but I had no idea that things were gonna get better for me I know and me telling you did not help no of course not the only thing that can make you feel better but except I thought you were so cute then and I still look at those pictures mm-hmm. like oh you're so well, cute I, I like seeing that because I'm like okay one I was not hideous I thought I was hideous and I was cute. And I, you know, I wore too much eye makeup, but I was cute. Yeah, absolutely. You I, were straight, so cute. I straightened my hair too much, but it's okay. We got over that. And it, you're, and it also just reminds me, it's like kind of peaceful to realize how much your face changes over time. You mean like when you lose your body, your baby fat? Right. But like the way that your cheekbones look and like, like my, like my bottom lip like got a lot more prominent and like. It did? Yes. Maybe and that was my eyebrows or something. And I just look so much more like me and I feel so much like myself and like. I wish I could tell her. I mean, like, it's okay, little Zoe. Like, you're going to be okay. I know it sucks right now, and it's okay for you to be upset and look in the mirror and hate everything you see. Mm. But one day you're not going to, and you're going to feel so much better. So how do you make a 13-year-old feel better about herself? Yeah, I was thinking about this. You can't. You just have to love her um, and know that it will pass because time can't stop. Like, why doesn't it help? And I know it doesn't. For a mom to say, I remember, honey, when I was your age, and I felt ugly and i felt like nobody liked me and i hated looking in the mirror but i promise you it gets better it got better for me it'll get better for you like is that a nice thing to hear it doesn't seem so helpful in the moment i don't i honestly don't think it's helpful but nothing is helpful like the only thing that i wanted then was like to be validated like to feel like a guy liked me like mm-hmm. that's the only thing that would make me feel better yeah mm-hmm. i don't give a fuck obviously because <laughs> who cares i mean it is not, also it's helpful for yourself to be in a relationship where your partner tells you like how great they think you look all the time when you're like just got out of the shower or like just woke up with your hair all over the place but yeah i don't know how to help someone just to make sure that they feel loved and safe yeah i I mean i think as a mom it was a good thing to tell you that even if it didn't help you in the moment you were internalizing that my mom loves me she thinks i'm beautiful inside and out Mm -hmm. the most important things are obviously the traits that you have oh yeah oh yeah also What's also important, I, th- I want to talk about this in another episode, and I'm glad I'm remembering, is compliment how to compliment someone without commenting on the way they look. Mm. And I think, to me, the best compliment I've ever got was t- someone someone telling me, 
ever gotten was someone saying to me that you're so thoughtful. Like that is the nicest thing you can say to me. That someone thinks that I'm thoughtful. Like that is all I'll ever try to be thoughtful and empathic. And if someone says, oh my God, you look so pretty. That's really nice. But if someone says you're so thoughtful, they're actually thinking about who you are. That is the nicest thing you can say. Or someone says that was so kind of you or that was so generous. Like complimenting someone on some other than the way that they look is nice. Or even saying like, instead of saying, oh, that dress looks great on you. You could say that dress is such a beautiful color. Just little things that don't have to do with actually the way you look. You know what I mean? Like, or like, oh, you have great taste, that kind of thing. Yes. But there's a time and a place for a comment and a compliment sure. about how you look also. Sure. But so much of that can be like, oh my God, what if, you know, then if, because then if someone doesn't say it to you, then you think you're doing something wrong. Right. No, it's funny because I remember the best compliment that my dad ever gave me mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with how I looked or mm-hmm. what I was wearing. It was something I did that was nice. Mm-hmm. And he said, wow, that's like the nicest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that was, I was probably in high school. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think being nice is highly underrated these days. To be fucking nice. It's like the best thing you can do is just be nice and listen. I think that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we move into our segment, I think we could talk about the positives of social media too, because there are, and we'll do a social media episode because it's great to talk about and it's always changing. So there's always more stuff. But if I were 13 right now, thank God I'm not. (laughs) And I had a phone, an iPhone, like everyone, you know, not everyone, a lot of people do. I would, well, I think Tumblr is kind of dead, which is good. TikTok is all the rage. I am too old for TikTok and I've accepted that. But I, I like, okay, I don't think I'm going to say this right. But I, I think what's great is that now people have role models like Ashley Graham. Like she's a runway model and she is not a size zero. And I think now people have, there's Victoria's Secret Fashion Show is over. There's no more. It's canceled. You have the Fenty show where everyone is accepted and looks amazing and sexy and beautiful. And I think just looking up to these kinds of women like Rihanna, like Ashley Graham, like all these great women that are really popular and famous and successful while not being a size zero is really great. So if you're 13, you're not conscious of let me look for the role models that have bodies like mine. But But, are they easy to find? Yeah, they're those. I mean, Rihanna is like the most famous woman in the world. Like these are really popular people. Even someone like Beyonce, she's an amazing body. Like all these people that were are celebrated now by Vogue. Lizzo is on the cover of Vogue. Like that's a huge fucking deal. Yeah. Like the most mainstream, most famous magazine in the world has Lizzo on the cover. And I I didn't know that. That's cool. Yes, she looks. Oh my god, amazing. And so having that. As your example, like that's your fashion magazine now, Liz, I'm on the cover. That's a huge deal. So are 13-year-olds looking at Vogue? Yeah, because it's on Instagram. Everything's on Instagram and on TikTok. Lizzo's on TikTok. She's so funny on TikTok. So I think because everything's accessible, people are really conscious of what they're putting out to the internet. Also, I highly recommend you follow Jack Vanek on Instagram. He's a member of the Lady Gang podcast that I love and look up to. How do you spell her name? J-A-C-V-A-N-E-K. Got it. And so she made those like rubber bracelets. Remember those thick black rubber bracelets? Yes, yeah. That was her, that's her brand. Oh. And now she's co-host of Lady Gang and also another podcast. And she posts. She's naturally thin, and she posts a lot of photos like when I took the picture versus the next second. It's like her body in like this like perfect pose, everything perfect, and then like her sitting down and looking normal and like having you know folds in her body and I, showing her cellulite. I so just thought, I Lynn- love Jack, and you have to follow her and like. People are, this is really becoming popular. Lindsay Vaughn just did, just did oh, that. I love her. You love her. <laughs> I, I really do. I really look up to Lindsay Vaughn. Yeah. She's retired because of her knee injuries and stuff. She's so relatable too. But she just posted pictures of herself where she's gotten all this hate for mm-hmm. a little cellulite on her tush, for mm-hmm. her skin folding over when she was like crunching up her abs. Yeah. The woman has a sick body. Right, I mean, she's an Olympic athlete. She's in unbelievable shape. She looks super healthy. She's so fit. Yeah, I love her. That body, wow. And then there's still haters. And so mm-hmm. I think we should talk about the haters and what, why are they doing that? Why are they taking their time to write something nasty on somebody's Instagram? I don't know, because no one loves them? I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a problem. One, one, of, one of the problems of the internet and social media is anonymity. Like, Right. It's not like they're saying it to her face. They wouldn't dare say it to her face. But under the guise of a pseudonym mm-hmm. on Instagram, I don't know why people feel like it's, they're free to say anything yeah, they want. they do. But that's why I love when people do this, and I will always do this, if we get some hate on the podcast in the DMs, 
and if I get hate in my personal Instagram, I always post them on my story and tag them and don't blur out their names. Oh, you do? Yeah. I'm like, fuck you. If you're going to say this to me, I'm telling everyone. Not that I have a lot of followers, but I just think it's hilarious because I don't care. Like, I've seen some influencers or whatever, like, they get hate and then they go on the person's account and find, like, their mom and send them a screenshot. Like, I want you to know, like, you're, like your adult child is sending me this. Like, oh just God, exposing so them good. because it's like, if you can send this to me, I can post it. So, I think that's great. That is great. Yeah. But sometimes it can be truly anonymous. Right. They can make fake accounts. Right. Which I mean, is just like, why are you wasting your damn time? I don't know. Get a life. You probably have homework to do. You're probably a 15-year-old child. <laughs> you probably do have homework okay before we move on to our segment yes um this is totally unrelated but i wanted to ask more people than you this question okay if you think this is a good analogy i had this analogy the other day i said it to you and you said it wasn't that good <laughs> if this is what i think it okay wearing your mask under your nose is like putting a seatbelt on but not buckling it in let me know if that's good and i thought <laughs> that wearing a mask under your nose was like wearing a seatbelt with the lap part on, but the body part tucked behind your back. Okay. Yeah. They're okay. pretty similar. They're the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, well, it's like wearing a helmet, but not clipping it in. Okay, yeah, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So the take home is wear, wear the fucking wear the mask, mask it's over your nose. to cover your nose and mouth. <laughs> yep. Governor Cuomo had some great things about that. Yeah, that was funny. He was like, nope, almost there. And the nose covering. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Oh, that's on the bus. Okay. Segment time. Okay, before we get into Ask Dr. Amy, it's time for our third A to Z pick of the week. I'm finally picking one. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, and I know it's fall, but it's been really, really humid in New York. And my hair, I'm naturally really curly. My hair says it's a no from me whenever it's frizzy, whenever it's humid. So my product that i'm picking this week is the original mineral frizzy logic hair serum i've been using it for i think three years because janelle who's um runs the new york city salon and also like like does a lot of work with a global company she's from melbourne introduced it to me and so i go to the salon and that's i get it at the salon you can get it on sephora.com it smells amazing it's like really thin clear serum i just put it in my hair and it really works. Like it, my of course my hair still gets a little frizzy when it's ninety three percent humidity, but it saves me. And also I have a little trick, which is put it. My eyebrows have a life of their own. I'm very lucky to have the thick eyebrows I do. But when it's when it's humid, my eyebrows also go straight up. My eyebrow hairs. <laughs> they do. It's so so cute. I put some of the frizzy logic on my eyebrows. So do you put the frizzy logic on your hair when it's wet or when it's dry? Oh, great question. Um, I always when it's dry. Oh, because I always it. wash my hair at night and then I wake up with dry hair. Does it weigh it down? No, it's li- it's really amazing. Can you style your hair with a curling iron after it's in, or you put it on after you curl your hair? Oh, this is a great hair interview. After I do my hair, okay, I put it on, I'm good to go. All right. It's best. I smell. Also, I always smell it. But also, I don't, I have very, very dry scalp, and so I, I put the Frizzy Logic also like on my roots, but oh. I would say if you have naturally very, very oily hair, probably don't put it at your roots. Okay. What's the website? You can get it at Sephora.com. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Ready for Ask Dr. Amy? I'm ready. You can always submit us your questions at our Instagram, which is Embarrassing You Podcast, or email us at info at embarrassingyoupodcast.com. Please follow us on Instagram. Oh, yeah. It'd be great. Oh, I just kicked the table. It'd be great to have some more Instagram followers, so please follow <laughs> us. Okay. Ready? Yes. Number one. How to take care of your skin while traveling. Is this a joke question? No. I Who's don't know. traveling right now? I don't know. Ask the person who asked the question. Okay, sorry. Whoever asked the question, not judging you. I was just wistful. Hydrate. Okay. <laughs> I think it's important to bring your own products with you when you travel. Agree. I've done that for years and it has saved me from itchy rashes and breakouts. So there are usually travel sizes of your regular skincare products. If not, who cares? Bring a whole bar of Dove soap. I often do, though I have the little tiny sample ones, but regardless, there's room. Bring your own moisturizer. Please don't forget sunscreen. What's really important, before you get on an airplane, if it's a day flight, put some sunscreen on. I know that might sound goofy, but UVA rays get through the side windows of airplanes. Most people don't know that. It's good you're saying that. Thank you. The pilots have UVA shields on their windshields, Mm -hmm. but they're not in the plane. So I always sit in the aisle. I also like extra room for my legs. I always sit in the window. My God. I know. And I like to look out the window, but I don't want to sit at the window if it's sunny. Well, And I think... Flight attendants often have prematurely aged skin because they're up there for so many hours and months and years. So 
I always bring sunscreen and moisturizer on the airplane with me because the air is so dry. You're going to want to moisturize. I don't wear makeup when I'm traveling because I want to reapply moisturizer and just keep my skin clean. And then keep your same routine when you're traveling as when you're home. Yep. Okay, next question. Okay. What to do to your skin before and after exercising? So I'd say don't exercise with makeup on. If you're exercising outdoors, you know what I'm going to say. Please put on your sunscreen. But make it be water resistant or waterproof, water resistant, because it's horrible to have sunscreen run in your eyes because it stings and it hurts and it's terrible. So there are plenty of sunscreens that won't run in your eye, but it is a little bit of trial and error. And then I think it's really important to cool down and wash your face as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. I treat a ton of kids with acne who have a like a practice after school and then it might take them an hour to get home and then they don't shower for a few hours and they're sitting in, I know they're <laughs> sitting in clothing that they were sweat in and they haven't washed their face so I think it's it's okay to carry some wipes if you know you're not gonna be able to wash your face for a few hours after exercising there are a bunch of wipes on the market that are gentle and that will just at least take the sweat off if nothing else, get some water and rinse your face. Yeah. <laughs> just, just rinse it off. Yeah, just yeah, stick your face in the sink. But sitting in sweaty clothes is not good, too. I see a lot the of... yeast infection. No, not, not yeast infection. That's uh, for, like, a wet bathing suit, maybe, but more of a... would be really sweaty. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying you can get body acne on oh. your tush, on your back, on your chest from sitting in sweaty underwear, sweaty shorts, sweaty leggings, sweaty sports bras, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. try to just get it all off. Yeah. Next question. Okay. How to deal with ingrown hairs? Do you mean ingrown hairs in the bikini area or legs? This is the question. Okay. So ingrown hairs in general. What is an ingrown hair? Yeah. Start there. When you shave or wax a hair, hairs grow back. Most hairs curl a little bit when they grow back. And if a hair curls back into the skin, then it becomes an ingrown hair. What happens is the skin sees the hair that grows back into it as a foreign body, as if it's like a splinter. And creates a bump around it to kind of wall it off from the rest of the body saying like, this is foreign, you can't be here. And then sometimes that bump can get infected and it can also be painful. So the thicker a hair is, the more likely it is to become ingrown. And if you're shaving your bikini area, make sure the blades on the razor are no more than two. What's happened in the last bunch of years is that each year like an extra blade was added to razor. So now there are razors with actually five blades. Mine's three. I like two. Mine's three. But three is the highest you should go. With each extra blade, it pulls the hair up out of the skin and cuts it even more deeply. So the likelihood of it curling back into the skin is much higher. Um, So very few bladed razor. Yes. And make sure the razor is sharp. I know that might sound... change your razor blade more more often than you think. I have this problem too. I think that might sound counterintuitive. You might think, oh, a sharper razor is more dangerous. But just like a sharp kitchen knife is actually safer because you don't have to push as hard when you're cutting... Um, similarly with a with a razor and if you're someone who gets ingrown hairs even with using a single blade on your razor waxing can actually make it worse because that's when the hair is being pulled out from their root and then the hair will more likely curl the treatment of choice is laser hair removal it is heaven on earth so laser hair removal is permanent hair removal but before you get to zero hair you'll have no ingrowns because a really fine hair really cannot create an ingrown hair. And some people are just prone to them, and that's bad luck. Next question. Which vitamins are important to take and how to build a habit for vitamins that stick? So I'm not a vitamin expert, but I do know a a decent (laughs) amount about them. I don't, most adults who eat a well-balanced diet, meaning they eat some fruits and vegetables, don't need to take a multivitamin. And there's even an interesting study from California showing that maybe taking a multivitamin in adults, like those vitamins may be growing some cancer cells. Anyway, I don't take a multivitamin, but many Americans are deficient in vitamin D and most Americans don't need enough calcium. For calcium, girls and women need to ingest more than men. Growing girls need like up to, I think, 1,200 or 1,500 milligrams of calcium and adults like me, 1,000 milligrams. That's a lot to eat. I drink milk and yogurt and all that stuff, but just check. If, you, if you're not having that, then you should have some calcium and vitamin D3 is the exact same molecule that your skin makes. So no excuses to like, Ooh, I'm just going to go out and make some vitamin D and not wear my sunscreen. No, so many people think that I know. And then you're just going to get 
cancer and (laughs) prematurely aged skin. I love you. So instead, vitamin D3 supplements. I've always, I've taken them for years. I've never been vitamin D. We have delicious ones. They're rainbow light. Is that what it's called? Yeah, rainbow light. Rainbow light. Yes. So they're actually so delicious. They're vegan gummies. So the thing about. I made sure we got vegan ones because I'm not eating horse hooves in my gelatin. Okay, that's gross. I know. Um, But in terms of making something into a habit, if you're taking a vitamin that's a pill and you take any other pills, just take them at the same time. Also, leave them in the kitchen. I think if you're eating breakfast or lunch or dinner at home with food is a nice time to take a vitamin. Some vitamins can cause a little bit of nausea if they're taken on an empty stomach. Like iron. And then if you prefer gummy form, like there's tons of good gummies out there. They're so good. There's no shame in adult gummies. They're so delicious. But I'm not a huge vitamin taker. I just take vitamin D and calcium. Mm -hmm. So I'm not someone who takes like extra vitamin C or any of these other supplements. I've tried them over the years. But are there things like how does your body tell you if you need calcium? It doesn't really tell you. So you have to get a blood test. No, there's no blood test for calcium. It's really your bone density. And as we age, our bone density gets smaller and that will slow down if your bones have enough calcium. I see. Women and men both lose bone density as they age. It's just women start with thicker, sorry. Thinner. Men start with thicker bones. So it takes them longer to lose it. But every few years I get my bone density checked. So there is a objective measure. How do you check your bone density? They smack you with a hammer? No. (laughs) No. There's a little kind of x-ray machine that you just go through. It takes a couple of minutes. My internist does it. I, I think every five years. No, I, I think you're too young. Oh, sounds kind of fun. Last question. Ready? Yes. This is unrelated. Maybe the first. I think it might be the same person who asked the first question. Where do you want to travel when COVID is over and we are free? I just added that part. <laughs> oh, gosh. Where do I not want to go? Okay. That's a better question. Where do you not want to go? No, no but <laughs> someone asked me the question, where do I want to go when COVID is over? I would like to go to France. I want to go to Paris and visit my son if he's there. I want to explore more of France because I've always wanted to do that. I'd like to go to Big Sur. That's been just... I've been talking about that for years with you. I know. I've been there a bunch of times, but not in a long time. So I'd like to go back. Maybe drive up or down the California coastline. We can go back to Hawaii. I'd love to go to Hawaii. I keep being like in quarantine. I was like, Mom, let's go to Hawaii. She was like, okay. Well, we have friends in Oahu, so that would be really fun. Yeah, we're coming. So I'm going to say first Paris. Mm Mm-hmm. Second, Big Sur. Third, any beach anywhere. Yeah, mom's beach deficient. (laughs) (laughs) So where do you want to travel when COVID's over? Oh, Paris first. I've really been wanting to go to Iceland for the past few years. We've been talking about it and just we thought about going this summer and then we couldn't. I've never been to Ireland. really want to go to Ireland. Also a cold place, but definitely in the summer. But there's, there's really nowhere that I don't want to go. But definitely, definitely Paris first and Sydney. And I, I'm, I'm really dying to go to New Zealand, actually. I've never been there. And I, I've been to Sydney many times. But New Zealand is really calling my name. That all sounds good. Yeah. We, we what can doesn't all, sound good? We can all dream, everybody. We can. We'll get back there. This will be over. Not this year. But we'll get back. Not this calendar year. But we will all travel again soon. You're so hopeful and cute. I am hopeful. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know that I'm cute, but thank You're you. Cute. All right. Okay. Well, that's it. I'm wrapping it up. Thanks so much for listening. As always, please give us five stars on iTunes. It means a lot. More Thanks. Than, more than you know. Thanks, everybody. We've gotten some great reviews and we really appreciate them. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Embarrassing You Podcast and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.